Thank you for visiting New Song Community Church on the web at newsongpdx.com. We pray that you will be blessed by listening to the message today. You are welcome to celebrate with us in worship and the word every Sunday at 10 a.m. We are located on the corner of Russell Street at 2511 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Portland, Oregon. Many of you were with us last week. I heard from many of you that you went online and you listened to the message. So we're going to endeavor to do part two of a lifestyle of generosity. Last week we defined generosity. We discovered benefits in the Word of God about generosity. We began to set the stage to create understanding of our resources that God so liberally has given to us. And this morning, we're going to continue on. Today, we will set the stage again to create an understanding of the resources that God has blessed us with and that how that translates into what? our time, our talents, and our treasure. We're gonna translate the principles of generosity into core values that are actually practical in everyday living. Encourage introspective work today to determine if you have a clear plan that would resonate a lifestyle of generosity. So last week we basically concluded that when God blesses us, It then becomes our assets for us to steward. And these assets, he expects us to take them and then bless him back. And there's many, many ways that we bless him back. Not only do we bless him, but we bless our families. We pay our bills. We bless our community. We bless our church. God, thank you for our church. I think we'll never be so happy for the walls of this church. But you know what? We also are given our blessings to bless globally. And so I look out here and we have this wonderful worship team. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. And yes, we did adhere to the governor's uh, asking of us to have less than 25. And we're way beyond that. And we're just a teeny handful of us. But you know what? The power and the presence of God has been here. Thank you for bringing us to that place of worship. And, and I hope that you have enjoyed it. And you know what? If you really like that song, you can pause your, your uh, computer or you can pause your telephone. You can turn it back and you can go through that song again. Isn't that cool? And if you think you missed a verse or a scripture, you can pause and write that scripture down. So I would encourage you, get your pens, get your paper, and get your pause button ready to go, okay? All right, I'd like to uh, reiterate from last week Winston Churchill's quote. Our, um, we were so blessed. That, you know, aren't we so blessed to have so many wise people throughout history that we can glean from? But he's one of them that we used last week. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And that's pretty powerful, isn't it? All right. Last week we used 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 through 15, and we'll refer to those later, but today's text is Matthew 6:21. And I'm going to read from the amplified version. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart, in brackets here, we have your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers. Okay. Can you guys see that online? I hope you can. For where your treasure is, there your heart, or you could say your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would bless the word. And those that are believers, that you would grow them to a deeper walk with you. And and those that need to have fear to dissipate away from them, I pray as the word comes forward that you would remove all fear, all uncertainty that anyone within the sound of my voice is experiencing today. I ask you to remove it because in your word, it talks about sending your word and healing people by your word. And I pray today that you would put such amazing anointing on your word that you go into the homes and you bring healing. You bring the feeling of my God has me safe regardless of what I see. That you minister, you break down the walls of uncertainty, that you would break down uh, the disharmony in the home and begin to bring the family together. Lord, that you would help each other not to get on each other's nerves, being since they're not used to being together so much. Lord, that you would minister, that you would just bathe your people and those in the sound of my voice with your presence and with your love today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, my mind can't help but go back to a story in Luke chapter 7 and verse 36 through 48, but we're not going to read it. I'm just going to talk about it, but you can go back and read it. So write it down. Luke 7 and 36 through 48. But my mind goes back to the unnamed woman. There was a dinner party that was planned, and Jesus was invited by a pretty important person. His name was Simon, and he was a Pharisee. And in the midst of whatever was going on in this dinner party, a woman was heard crying. She was behind Jesus. It was the woman without a name here, the unknown woman. I mean, her name isn't even mentioned. And you could, Jesus could hear tears. He could hear the crying, and this woman's coming behind him. And the next thing he knows, he feels this beautiful hair touching his feet. And then a smell just began to come up. It was an expensive smell. And the unknown woman broke an alabaster box of oil and began to pour it on his feet. And she took her very hair and began to wash his feet with her hair. There was so much emotion in this moment. Jesus totally had captured her heart at some point. She had been in his presence at some point. And when she heard he was going to be at this man's place eating dinner, She made her way in without invitation. And she did nothing but worship him from the moment her eyes captured him. Simon says in his heart, 
He doesn't even say it out loud to anybody. He says it to himself. He said, if Jesus was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman she is. So she has no name, and now she's got a label. That kind of woman, basically. But Jesus heard his thoughts. Jesus said to him, Simon, I've got some things I need to tell you. Boy, Jesus was reading his mail. And he began to talk to Simon. He gave him a little parable. So this guy owes a whole bunch of money to this guy. And there was this other guy. He owes a little bit of money to the same guy. He said, but the guy that they owed the money to had a lot of grace and forgave them. So he says to him, you don't owe me anything. You're forgiven of this debt. So Jesus says to Simon, I can just picture him in all of his pomp and circumstance listening to this, like he's going to have this great wisdom, you know. And Jesus says to him, who, forget, who, who would love him the most, the guy that forgave them? Well, Simon, in all of his wisdom, says, well, the man that was forgiven the most of. And then Jesus said, he got right to the point. And that's just how he does, doesn't he? He just kind of gets right down to the point. And then he said, Simon, from the time I've entered your house, this woman has not ceased to anoint my feet, which was a culture in the day. This was part of the norm here. Simon hadn't even done that. This woman has not ceased to wash my feet with not only a year's worth of wages, an alabaster box of oil, you guys. I did a little research on that. It comes from um, a plant in the Himalayas of Tibet. So this wasn't easily required, acquired. So here she is. She gave all that she had, gave of her very own vulnerability with her tears, and then took her hair, the only thing she has, and worshipped me. Though her sins be many, She's forgiven. And because of that, she loves more. And you guys, I felt that I wanted to share that because it is a matter of the heart. In Matthew 6.21, it says, it's obvious in the message. I'm going to read it in the message. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be. And will end up being. Second Corinthians 9 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is where life planning begins. God yields the highest dividends, much higher than any investment that you could ever find here on earth, and way more secure. 
in the climate that we're living in right now, I think people are feeling just a bit insecure, aren't they? How does this happen? How is it that God's investments, the investments that we put in his treasury, how is this that they are 100% secure? How is this? It's because it starts with the heart. A decent yield in today's money market is anything between 2 and 5% and rapidly decreasing to our current state affair, due to our current state affairs. You know, I asked uh, someone that does banking, and I wanted to make sure those percentages are correct, and she said they are, and they are decreasing rapidly due to what's going on right now. God is offering at least 100% plus more of your return on your investments. Hallelujah. We'll be breaking that down here in a bit, and we'll start taking um, an idea about investment to God and breaking it down into principles of living a lifestyle of generosity and translating them into our time, our talents, and our treasures. Second Corinthians 9 and 7 from the message says this, Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind. He's not telling you how your mind needs to be here. He's wanting you to make a calculated decision here. What you will give, that will protect you, from, uh, protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. In other words, no compulsion. God loves it when the giver delights in giving. How many of you remember when your mom or your dad said, now I want you to remember, and then they take you and pull you aside and say, Johnny, Susie, I mean it. Now I want you to remember. If you heard that, did that mean you better remember? Now I can only envision moms and dads in their living room right now looking at their kids. Hey, kiddos, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make your life hard. (laughs) But remember, you knew you better remember if your mom or your dad said that, right? Well, today, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. And this brings to mind the verse in Galatians 6 and 7. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. It's just the bottom line. This discovery in Scripture, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, this discovery must cause us to pause and evaluate the condition of our own hearts. It really depends on that even before making decisions about a life plan. Something, the prerequisite is that our heart has to be repositioned. You know, if we don't have a target in life, We're pretty much going to hit about anything but what we really wanted to hit, right? And we're going to live a life of disappointments. Very few of us stumble into brilliance, right? (laughs) Very few of us. Our hearts have to be in love with our Creator where we can be infused with His view 
through the lens of eternity, through his heart's lens. If we're infused with this, then we're ready to start building this life plan, a lifestyle of generosity, because then we have the empowerment. We have his love. We have his view. We have his control of our heart. Our heart is positioned. We're ready. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40 reads, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you. I'm reading in the message. I think the other version is, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Well, we're going to read it this morning with a message. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important the first on the list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. The Amplified says that is unselfishly seek the best or the higher good for others. I'm going to talk to you now about core values. The people of the Old Testament were bound by a, by a principle of percentage giving. I have good news. Jesus fulfilled the law. And because of that, he now empowers us through his love. Our motivation has changed. We're not... Um, it's just... The law produces death. It produces disobedience. It's like a hard line. It's like the mean teacher. You know what I mean? And, and so it doesn't produce a lot of good. But here's what happened. When Jesus fulfilled the law, he appeased the law's demands, and he took our place. So therefore, he now can infuse us with his love and reposition our hearts, and then good things begin to happen in our life. And we're actually able to begin to grow and have investments in God's treasury. This creates such overwhelming gratitude once God has truly given us Christ by lifting the burden of sin, I think of the unknown woman in our story today. How what she must have felt when she walked out of there because his eyes turned and looked at her. I can't imagine if Jesus' eyes just gleamed down into me, into my soul, and said, your sins are forgiven. The weight of the world came off, and I am here to tell you that did happen to me. Jesus told me, even after I gave my heart to Jesus and I served him for years and years and years, there have been times in my life that I have so failed him, but yet he looked into my eyes and he said, Ivy, I forgive you. And you know what? He forgives each and every one of us. And we can continue to grow in his grace. We can continue to apply core values in our life because the love of Jesus is so permeated in our lives and it gives us hope. It gives us hope to live a life full of the Lord and invest in heaven's treasury. I'd like to bring your attention to love becomes our worship. 
which becomes an investment of God's treasury. These results really do create a lifestyle of generosity. I've never met anybody that didn't accept Christ in their heart and see the love of Christ just bubbling out of their life. I've never seen them, but what they're giving, they're finding new ways to give. They're seeing life in total different eyes. And everywhere you look, this person, it's like, who is this? Who is this person? Because the gratitude is overflowing for what God has done, that he saved us through Jesus Christ, his son. And it was so easy. All we had to say is, Jesus, come take control of my heart and forgive me of my sin. And now help me learn all about you where I can live a good life. That was simple. And those of you who are hearing the sound of my voice, it's that simple. If you need Jesus Christ, call on his name. His word says he will in no wise cast you out. And how different can you be than the woman with the unknown name? You're just as important. Love becomes our worship. And because of this motivation... We can look at these core values that the power of God empowers us to embrace. I heard my nephew's pastor, Pastor Todd Turnbow in Lubbock, Texas, talk about core values. It really got my attention. This morning, I would like to share some of those core values and translate them into principles that I believe will support a lifestyle of generosity. Today, we will be looking at five principles and they will translate in these core values. You can't outgive God, save people, serve people, growing people change, we don't do life alone, found people, find people. Let's take a look real quick at you can't outgive God. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'll read quickly if you'll just write this down. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Look up the Passion Translation. To all the rich of this world, I command you to not be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth, for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who has lavished upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Remind the wealthy to be rich in good works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. This, in other words, these beautiful investments, will provide a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure for them a great future as they lay their hands upon the meaning of true life. Now, I want you to remember when Timothy, this was written here, were these people rich people he was writing to in materialistic goods? No, they weren't. So today we are challenged with having to stay home. Some of us, maybe we're not getting to work. Some of us may have lost our job. But I want to encourage you with these scriptures. God will be faithful to you. He will be faithful. You just continue serving him and investing in the kingdom of God and the ways we will talk about. We give out a gratitude of the past. You may want to write this down. We give out a gratitude of the past. 
out of faith for the future and out of setting my priorities straight for today. I'm going to repeat it one more time. We give out a gratitude of the past, out of faith for the future, and out of setting my priorities straight for today. That came from Pastor Todd. I can't even say I came up with that, but it was so good. It's good enough to write down and think about, chew on that for a bit. John Bunyan said, you have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. Investment funds on earth are not always protected, but I'm here to tell you, your investments to the Most High God are always protected, and you will enjoy forever what you've invested in heaven. God does have a reward system up in heaven. I don't fully understand it, but I know we're locking away treasures in heaven's treasury. Now, follow me. I encourage you when it comes to money, think of this. Love people and use money. Don't do the opposite. Don't love money and use people. Just going to leave it right there. Nothing else has to be said about that, right? (laughs) Our next topic here, save people, serve people. This would be in our um, service fund that we're putting in heaven. It's amazing how we view life when the Lord changes the condition of our hearts and fills it with this love. An old song I love this old song. It says, well, the world got bright when my heart got right. All I do is sing and shout and pray. I've done this before. All of y'all have heard it, even though you've never heard that old song. But it's the truth. The world got bright when my heart got repositioned. When my heart started seeing like Jesus sees. And then all of a sudden, the world got bright. Right? Makes a difference. So then when we see our money, now we see people instead, right? And then we just see when we see our money, we go, Lord, how, what do we do with this? How do, how am I good steward? How do I handle it? I want to make sure I pay my bills. I want to be an honorable man of God, an honorable woman of God. I want to be an honorable young person. I remember when I was a little girl, my mom always taught me that when I got paid uh, a little bit of money and I didn't get paid much, it was usually a quarter. I remember even getting a dime. And mom told me, she said, you better give a penny to the Lord because it might not come back again. (laughs) So I'm not saying that to you, but I am saying if we give our lives to the Lord, his love will drive us to love people, care for people, and give what we have, our time, our talents, and our treasures. But save people, serve people. It's amazing how we view life once Jesus' love takes over. You begin to see the needs of others. You may see the need of a single mom, uh, someone that's homeless, or maybe you'll even go over to someone's house and care for the sick, which they're telling us right now not to do that. Maybe you're having to care for someone in your home that's ill. I want you to give that care as if you were uh, putting in uh, a deposit in God's treasury in this service fund. And maybe someone needs help with their car. Maybe you have the ability to fix it. And maybe your brother broke a leg and he can't mow his lawn. Maybe you want to go mow his lawn. 
You know what? There's so many needs that we all look at. If we'll open our eyes and look around, the Holy Spirit may speak to us that we have the assets to help meet that need that we see. But there's one area of service that we often don't talk about. That's serving our family. We can be so about so much good in the world when our children with big eyes are waiting for us to serve them by quality time. Maybe it's hearing them. Maybe it's going in the backyard and throwing a ball. Maybe you've spent so much time teaching them how to throw a ball that you've forgotten to take them to church and teach them about the love of Jesus, even though you know the love of Jesus. Quality time, serve our children, serve our families. And I want to ask you, when's the last time you took a family vacation? That's also in the service fund. That's also taking care of your family. Ecclesiastes 11 in the message says, Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods. Spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. Wow. He was real emphatic, wasn't he? Proverbs 11.24 in the message says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I never forgot um, Granny Crutchfield, little old granny in Arkansas. She was very, very poor. But honestly, I can't think of a house I'd rather be at. There was always a big wonderful smell of big cat head biscuits. She always had plenty of honey. She always had plenty of those cat head biscuits. I mean, as far as I was concerned, she was full of riches. (laughs) So folks, there's more riches that are in our lives that are more than the things we buy. Okay, uh, Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, "When you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and He pays wonderful interest on your loan." Wow! Let's talk about God's growth plan, His growth plan investment. Growing people change. The deep work that all of us are doing today is an investment in God's growth plan. God will grow your character. Now, what's character? Character's what you do when no one sees. It's, it's who you are when you're not in this church. Character. What helps you get a loan at the bank? Your integrity. What pays the payment? Your character. Amen? Invest in your growth. Buy books. Go to conferences. Go to CR. Celebrate recovery if that's where you need to grow. Go to arms. Go to youth night if you're a young person. Go to church when they finally let us out of jail. (laughs) Go to Rooted. Go to life groups. And I think Pastor is working on a way we can all stay connected in life groups, even in jail. Here. (laughs) Y'all know I'm kidding. Okay. But we are working on that. And you guys stay connected with your life groups. Call each other. Encourage each other. Uh, Coffee with girlfriends. Marriage retreats. Premarital classes. Uh, You know, I heard it put this way. Uh, Someone said to Pastor Todd, he said, "Um, well, I'm not even married. He says, well, do you want to be married? Well, yeah. 
Well, do you want to be married to someone that's good to you and that you love all your life? Yeah. Well, you better start teaching yourself how to look for that person. You might want to attend some classes. The growth plan, the investment in heaven's treasury here. Proverbs 23, verses 23 through 25 says, Buy wisdom, education, insight. Listen with respect to the father who raised you. And when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. Buy truth. Don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom. Buy education. Buy insight. Grow is what this verse is saying. Invest in heaven's treasury in the growth fund. Jesus will be doing to you what the law in the Old Testament could not. Because his love is fervent in your life. God, growth yields a crop of change. Remember we talked about good ground? Growth yields a crop of change. We've got some good ground happening in us this morning. Proverbs 10, 16, Amplified Version. The wages of the righteous, the upright, those in right standing with God, in other words, is a worthwhile, meaningful life. The income of the wicked, punishment. Now, let's do this one. We don't do life alone. This would be investing in God's mutual fund. Romans 12, 10 through 13, the New King James Version. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Hebrews 10.24, Amplified Version. And let us thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and to do good deeds. Not only are we to do them by the grace of the power of God within us, but we're encouraged to encourage one another. Before I got up here to minister today, it was a very different day because I'm looking out in empty pews. And I'm trying to envision no walls. The church doesn't have walls, so this is a good experience. But I remember one of the worship team told me there are no limits. And she encouraged me before I stood up here to speak to you that I can't see. <laughs> so we need to encourage one another to do good deeds. You know, it's very infectious. If you get around a really, uh, and we talked about this last week, if you get around somebody that really has a bad attitude, before you know it, it's like, a, it's like the coronavirus. It just spreads right to kingdom come, right? But if we really have good deeds and we embrace and encourage positive deeds. And part of, part of the positive deeds are being able to say, oh, my bad, Lord, forgive me. I take ownership of that. That's also another positive deed, folks. But if we do that, it becomes positive. And, and it just, just like the virus, all that good positive stuff just starts going everywhere, wherever your sphere is. And it just doesn't feel good to have a negative attitude when the majority is so positive, right? <laughs> Hebrews, uh, no, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 9, 12. 
This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. We need each other. We are family. We grow our relationships. Random acts of service applies here, actually. It points all of us to the kingdom of God by our love that we show for one another. When we are generous, it shows that we belong to God. Pastor Todd says, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Write that one down. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. 3 John chapter 5, excuse me, 3 John verses 5 through 8, the message. Dear friend, when you extend hospitality to Christian brothers and sisters, even when they are strangers, you make the faith visible. Did you know that? That is your witness. You're spreading the gospel with your witness. And then the lastly, found people, find people. This is in, in regards to God's global fund investment. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, the message. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Some of that training may be mere modeling because we'll be witnessing by the very way Christ's love empowers us to behave. There will be some of you that the Lord will give you words to speak. All of us will model the love of Christ. Found people, find people. Many of us have given to the missionaries. We have many missionaries here at New Song, and thank you to all of you that have supported our missionaries. They're going and doing what we are not doing, and they're spreading the message that Jesus cares, and he knows each person's name, and that their sins can be forgiven. I want to ask you, is there anyone at the sound of my voice or the few of you that are here, is there anyone going to heaven because of you? When you walk through heaven's gates, will there be anyone that will walk up to you and say, because of your generosity and giving, I was told the gospel through a missionary. Will there be anybody that walks up to you and says, I got to attend New Song Community Church because of your investment there? Will there be those that maybe died and went on and they met you at the gate and it was, oh, Let's just give him a name. Let's say it was Henry. And you worked with Henry, and he was the most difficult person you worked with. What if he's at that gate saying, thank you 
for modeling a better way for me. My question to you is, is anybody going to heaven because of you? Let's do introspective work today. Let's determine, first of all, do we have a life plan at all? And is that life plan a lifestyle of generosity that we can see through the lens of eternity, through the heart of God? Let us pray. Father, thank you for those, your children, and anyone who has listened to this message and worshiped with us today here at New Song. Thank you. Now, Lord, I ask you to minister to each and every one of them as we come to a conclusion. Lord, I thank you that you care for each one of them. And I pray that you would remind them that you know their name, you know every detail of their life, and that you love them no matter what. And Lord, in a moment, we're going to pray the sinner's prayer in case somebody says, man, I'd like to know that person she's talking about. So Lord, I pray that you would do your work, show yourself mighty, and minister mightily to each heart whether they need deliverance from any kind of chemical, if they need salvation, if they need healing from this virus or any other type of healing. Their fear has been knocking at their door. Remove it in Jesus' name and let peace be their constant companion. Now I want to ask you, if you've never asked Christ, or maybe you did years ago, but you would like to renew your walk, with the Lord. He knows your name, and he'll walk you through this time of crisis in our world, and he loves you. And I encourage you, keep talking to him because he's listening. So all you really have to do to be his is just ask him to become Lord of your life. Just out loud, wherever you are, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my wrong. Please be Lord of my life and give me a heart that's motivated with your love. And I thank you that I no longer have to be ashamed of the bad things I've done in my life. And I no longer have to wear and carry the burden of sin. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening today. We pray that you have been blessed by listening to the message. You are welcome to celebrate with us in worship and the word every Sunday at 10 a.m. If you have a prayer need, we welcome you to submit it through our website. We'd love to pray for you. Will you consider supporting us with your prayer and financial gifts? God bless you.